Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. My voice sounds a little bit hoarse tonight. My sincerest of apologies. Today was day one, or week one, I should say, of softball. So three games this afternoon. So sun got to me just a little bit. But no matter what, after every single game, we are going to go live here on Spotify Live. My name is Mike Brown. Ah, going live for game number 60, 64 tonight. Houston Rockets defeat the San Antonio Spurs 142 to 110 to improve their record to 15 and 49. Uh, For the Rockets tonight, Jabari Smith Jr., 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, three of six from the field. I thought he played a fine game tonight. KJ, 13 points. Shengun, 15 points. 14 rebounds, three assists, three steals. He was great tonight. 
Alperin, or excuse me, Kevin Porter Jr., 19 points, 13 assists, which is massive for him. Jalen Green, 27 minutes tonight, 31 points. It's important to know that all five Rocket starters were a positive in the plus-minus category, um, and all five guys were a positive uh, plus at least 15. Um, KJ plus 18, Jabari plus 21, Shingun, K- KPJ, Jalen Green, all plus 22. Off the bench, Tari had 17, Jay Sean Tate had 16, Garuba had five, uh, Josh Christopher had eight points, Ty Ty Washington had five points, Boban had a bucket. Really nice game all the way around from the Rockets tonight. Thoroughly manhandling uh, the San Antonio Spurs. I didn't get a chance to watch the game last night. But the game tonight, you know, tonight was fun. And if you're listening here live on Spotify Live, thank you all as always. As always, if you want to join the conversation, hit that request to speak button. We'll bring you up on stage. We can talk all things Houston Rockets. Uh, this game, this season, this off season, nothing is uh, off limits tonight. So go ahead and, and hit that request to speak button if you'd like to come on up. We'll bring you up on stage. We can talk. Like I said, anything you guys want to talk about is fair game tonight. A few things that I saw from the game tonight. Jalen Green is a force to be reckoned with in this league. The one thing for me that I want to make sure stays in context with this Rockets team. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that fan that says it's just the Spurs because the Rockets are as bad as the Spurs are, but the Rockets blew out the Spurs tonight. And this is not a reason to pop champagne. It's not, you know, a reason to, you know, throw a parade. It's the Spurs. The Spurs are terrible. They're missing multiple of their best guys, Zach Collins, uh, the kid from Baylor that they drafted. So it needs to stay in context what the Rockets did tonight. But they played with passion. They played with energy, and you love to see it. Joined by a good friend of the show, Adam. Adam, welcome to the show, brother. How are you? Doing all right. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. Good win tonight. Any win is a good win. Um, yeah. But uh, I also kind of agree with, uh, I don't know, man, it's, are you are you finding that's hard to just find, to be positive even with even with minor things that you know it's just hard to find positivity you know throughout the season with the Rockets? Well, well, I don't know if I would go that far. I mean, look at the end of the day, we're fans and we want them to win, and they did that tonight. You know, and they and they, yeah, and they were yeah. good doing it tonight. Tonight was the type of basketball that they needed to lean into much earlier in the season, which is just run and gun. I mean, that's what they do. And the Rockets winning back-to-back games, they're still the worst team in the league. Well, I take that back. They're now tied with Detroit, and they are one game behind San Antonio. So I, I don't know what it looks like the yeah. rest of the year. I mean, they now have, what, tonight's game, 64. So you have 18 games left. There's a lot of ball to be played. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know <sighs> So for my, yeah, there, there were, there were a lot of good things and you can only control what, you know, what, you know, what's in your power. And obviously the Spurs and, you know, Popovich and, you know, that entire organization leaning into trying to, trying to get a bottom three, you know, odds for a number one pick is uh, beyond the Rockets control, right? You know, no Sohan, no, uh, 
no Trey Jones, no Zach Collins tonight. I guess 12 point loss was, you know, a little too scary that, 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 uh, that margin from last game, but the Rockets, you know, they, they, they did what they had to do. They took care of business and they look good um, playing against the competition that was in front of them. Well, that's, I mean, in the NBA, that's all you can do, you know, I mean, night in and night out, you know, you, you play your schedule and that's what the Rockets did these last two nights. Again, I didn't get to watch the game last night. You know, you watch the game tonight and when you, you, you take a closer look at this, this roster, you know, like you and I, I mean, we've watched nearly every game this season. I think of the 64, I've missed probably three or four on the season. They, they've, got, they've got talent. I mean, they have NBA talent. The problem is how do they fit together? And I still don't think they answer that. I got to tell you, one of my favorite lineups tonight was Garuba, Jabari, Tari, Jalen, and Jay Shantae. My opinion, that's their best. That's, look, I love Shingun offensively, but he still sucks defensively. He's trying. I give the guy credit for that. Like, the dude is trying. And, again, like, I'm not taking anything away from this game tonight. I mean, they were terrible. I mean, the Spurs are awful. You know? I mean, Adam, the Spurs are just god-awful. So are we. But I think we have more top-end talent than they do. They they have a more uh, competent organizational and coaching structure. Like at the, at the beginning of the year, when they were actually putting in effort, they were winning. They were winning a lot of games, you know, more than they were, you know, expected to win. And obviously, they've you know they've uh, gone full tank mode. You know, I don't think the Rockets have ever, as for as bad as the Rockets have been, there's there's still effort, you know, being put out there. I I I, I don't I don't. You know, I, I kind of vacillate between thinking Silas and the coaching staff just purposely trying to lose games. I don't think it is that. I, I just think they're just really bad at at what they're being paid to do. And um, like what you're seeing now is like more competent kind of, you know, game management, roster, personnel management. You're, you know, as you mentioned, yeah, you saw Jabari and Tar Eason sharing minutes. You saw them actually going going with a, a d- defense first um, personnel and mindset out there with, you know, Jabari, you know, Tari, you know, Tate, so on and so forth. And I mean, these are the things that we did. We wanted to, we wanted to see lineups that made sense and them doing, you know, just, I mean, why did it take so long to get Josh Christopher, you know, out of the doghouse, you know, like, why did it, all these different things. And so it's, there's positive, you know, there's positive that we can glean it may have come too late, but you know, at, at least they're working with the last 20 games and learning some things. So, uh, dude, I don't disagree with that at all. I think, you know, you, you brought up, it's hard to stay positive with this team uh, tonight makes it a lot easier, you know, because like you said, they're starting to get the guys that need to get minutes, minutes. I don't understand why Ty Ty only played seven minutes tonight. That really didn't make sense to me. Because uh, I think there is, there's something there with Ty Ty Washington. I think KPJ, it, it's all about the offseason, man. I mean, it's hard when you when you have a game like this, Adam, to break down the X's and O's of game 64 of the season against San Antonio. I simply don't care about that. You know, like if you're talking to the average fan, do you think they care that, you know, the Rockets beat the Spurs tonight by 32 points? 
the two worst teams in the Western Conference? No. You know, we want we want to hear, you know, I from no. what I've been told by people and, and people on here and on at the dreamtrack.com, it's all about the offseason for us. You know, what is the likelihood that James Harden comes back? Yeah. You know, what does this team look like with Victor Wenbanyama? What happens if they don't get the number one pick in the draft? What happens if it's the number three pick in the draft? You know, and look, I, I got to tell you, man, I think the one thing that could come out of the the last, what's 17, 18 games of the year, if Silas does enough to keep his job, we riot. Because there still is no offensive flow. You watch the game tonight. They're just, they have top flight. They have better NBA talent than the Spurs do on the court tonight. That's why they won the game. That's why they blew them out by 32 points. Yeah, I, there, I, I try to look into the psychology and, of everything. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to read between the lines because sure. the Rockets are a very opaque team. Like the, the way that they make decisions, they, they don't tell you anything, you know, like it's, it, that, that's what's the most frustrating thing to me this year is that there's just, there's no transparency. You can never trust what they tell you and they don't tell you very much. Um, but which they shouldn't though. You and I both know that, but, but I think but we should, I think we should hear from them more, but I don't, they're not going to tell us strategy or things like that, but I hear you. Yeah. Maybe I'm expecting too much, but I, 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 you know, I, I the positives I took out of tonight was, seeing Jalen Green get back on track and have a, a good scoring output, you know, that kind of, sure. you know, that, that's positive. The fact that I, I thought, you know, Jabari and Tari both had good games relatively together, you know, and there's a possibility that, you know, we can maybe see more lineups with them, them playing together, you know, and that bolstering their offense, their defense uh, and kind of mitigating just some of the disastrous, just like defensive breakdowns that we've seen. Obviously, this isn't a good team. I don't think there's one elite and much less very good defender on this team, but I think those, you know, for the best defenders that we have, it's good to see those lineups being played together. Um, and not just, you know, being. Well, I do think, I do think there are a couple guys on this team that can be top level defenders. I think Jabari can, I think Tari can, I think those are the two that you look at, but what's crazy to me, do you watch the game tonight? I, I, I saw the I saw the first half, and I, I, okay. after a certain point, you kind of knew where it was going. Yeah, a big a big problem that I had tonight with what the Rockets did, and quite frankly, Adam, what the Rockets are doing, they do Jabari Smith no justice or favors on the offensive end. They don't run plays for him. You know, like how weird is that? Does that not seem weird to other people? That I mean, I'm talking about sets getting him open. There was one Usman Garuba had one three point shot tonight, where it was clearly evident. They you know they give Jabari Smith the ball at the three point line and expect him to put the ball on the floor and go make something happen. That's not his game. That wasn't his game at Auburn. His game is at the elbow, where then he can make something happen because he's six foot ten and he can make one power move to the bucket or a spot up three. Giving him the ball on the three point line with a guy, you know, converging yeah. on him, that's not his game. But he found the, the, he made the right play, got the assist to, to Garuba for a three, you know? So that's why I really don't think it's fair the, the hate that this kid gets. I love Jabari. 
I'm a Jabari Stan. I think he's got a place on this team. I think if they give up on him, they're stupid. But this offseason, man, is going to be one that we're going to have to watch really, really closely because they got two picks coming in the top 20. Who are those guys going to be? Whose minutes are they taking? Who they? Because you have to trade somebody. You ain't going to be able to run this same roster back next year, nor should you, and have two top flight picks, I should say, one top flight pick, hopefully is the number one pick, and you're going to have somewhere between 17 to 20. It looks like maybe as high as 14. And then if you bring in Harden, what happens with KPJ? You make a run at Mikael Bridges or Cam Johnson as previously you know, noted, what happens with the rest of your forwards? Because you ain't going to run it with the same forwards. You can't. You can't get all the guys now the right amount of minutes. It's it's going to be definitely interesting, and it's gonna it's, gonna it's it's going to put into perspective. Uh, it's going to clarify a lot of things. It's going to clarify most. It's not going to clarify very much about kind of the coaching approach or management. To me, it's gonna it's going to really clarify how I feel about these players. So I, as I have been negative about Jabari, but I, you know, and I have been unfair for the situation that he's been in, and some of it's just the frustration being misdirected towards him. After just, you know, not having, not having any more willingness to like just spew just dislike and hatred towards just the job that the coaching staff has done. I think some of that is that it's that, but I will say that, you know, this seat, this off season, you know, we're, we're going to see if they, if they work their asses off, we're going to see if they improve their shooting and their skill sets, if they're actually if they're actually taking this seriously and not just resting on their laurels and ex- expecting for them to have a starting position next year, you know, we will, we'll see a lot, you know, cause I don't think we can expect that, you know, this, this organization is going to do that much justice other than keeping the facilities open. And, and, you know, and I'll be really interested to see what stories come out about uh, Jabari and Tar Eason stayed in Houston this off season. And we're working out, nonstop at the, you know, Rockets practice facility. You know, hopefully those stories come out, you know, hopefully, hopefully we see that with Jalen Green as well. You know, hopefully he has some kind of perspective of, Hey, I didn't have a good season this year. I underperformed. I will, I need to work my, my butt off to change the narrative rightfully or wrongfully that's been developed, you know, you know. Well, I think it's, I think it's more than that though, Adam. I think this summer is also about, the front office putting their money where their mouth is, you know, because when Stone and Fertitta have talked, they've, they've talked about, you know, Jeremy's pointed it out on the show before that, you know, this is the off season because, you know, starting next year, our picks are going to Oklahoma city. So it's time to start building the infrastructure. I take that back. The infrastructure is there after this draft. If they land Victor Wenbanyama, their infrastructure is done. Now you need to go get the rest of the pieces. You know, and that's James Harden. I, I think they need a point guard. You know, now what's going to be crazy is they, if they get the number two spot, if they get the number two pick, Harden's not coming here. I got news for everybody. Because if you get Scoot Henderson, you don't need James Harden. No. As much as that would suck, you're still going to be put in a really awkward position with KPJ. You know, do you know what's also interesting about this? So yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I just don't have I, I don't have any faith in this in the front office and in Stone. No, me neither. But I, the thing is, 
even even a person with an ADIQ could do their job, you know, like if they get the number one pick, like you're taking Wembenyama, you know, if you get Wembenyama, yeah, like if Harden wants to come here, you're signing him. The one thing that you're going to be able to judge them against is their talent, you know, assessment of who, who's currently on the roster and, you know, what, what, what uh, assets to swap for, you know, a, a number two, a number two A and, you know, and, and making some of these things like the other thing that's kind of interesting that I've heard, you know, just tangentially is just, you know, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's in a position where, so let, let's say you get, uh, let's say you get Scoot Henderson, you don't get Wembenyama. There's been a lot of talk like Atlanta's at a crossroads kind of being in deciding between uh, Okongwu, um, they're like number six overall pick like three years ago, who's just basically been a perennial backup because they got Clint Capella and, you know, deciding between those two players. And so there's a possibility that maybe you bring Clint Capella back, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's something like, like that that you could possibly do. May, and maybe Shingun plays with, uh, with Capella or something of that nature. But, you know, they're, they, they're not gonna, it's not make or break on their intellect and their decision making. A lot of these decisions will be made for themselves, for, you know, for them that anybody could make. They just have to just not mess it up, basically. And to your point, get, you know, make sure that Silas is gone. They get, uh, not only a competent coach, but an elite coach, if possible, and, and dole out the money that's needed. Well, but it's also, Yes, I think everything that you're saying is spot on. But I think it even goes further than that because they're going to have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. I mean, a lot. You know, and as the worst team in the league, that's that's what you expect. We've only touched on, I mean, a few of them, dude. You know, it's if you end up with... Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for this podcast comes from Macy's. Macy's Inc. is making a major commitment to create a more equitable and sustainable future through its enterprise-wide social purpose platform, Mission Everyone. Through Mission Everyone, Macy's is directing $5 billion of the company's spend through 2025 to support diverse-owned businesses and retail development programs. That spend will also be directed to grant funding to advance human rights, racial justice, workforce development, and economic opportunity. Macy's is working in partnership with important organizations, including the Human Rights Campaign, National Urban League, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, the Trust for Public Land, and the Jed Foundation and National Alliance on Mental Illness. When all of our voices are heard, when everyone gets a seat at the table, real progress is possible. To learn more about how Macy's Inc. is supporting a brighter future with bold representation for all, check out Macy's.com slash purpose. Vic, at one, what do you do with the 19th pick? You're going to use it? Well, what are you going to draft? Or who are you going to draft? You know, is it, is it a, a foregone conclusion that Harden's coming here? If it is, what are you going to pay him? 
you know, what are you going to pay him? And now they've got a lot of money to spend this offseason, but I'm not giving him the max. I don't think he's not worth the max. Not at, you know, north of 30 years old. I think he's 34. I'm not giving him a four or five year max. That's not happening. You know, he, he would give you a discount maybe, for whatever, maybe. whatever. Whatever the difference is between like the no state tax in Texas that's and you know, I mean, you know, like like you know, I, I honestly think he wants to come well, back to yeah. I, so do I. Yeah. I but you know, the the biggest question is you know, Shangun can Shangun and and Vic work together? Is KPJ your point guard of the future? I think the odd guy out at this point, you know, in the three forwards is Jay Sean Tate. I think they're going to move Tate this offseason. Which sucks because I love Jay Sean Tate. I think love Jay Sean Tate, but you got to sign KJ. Like KJ deserves an extension at this point. A lot of these decisions aren't necessarily. Some of it is who has the most value, right? And the the people on the roster right now that are somewhat disposable, you know, in my mind, that have the most value are Shingun and Tate, largely because his contract you know, 7 million a year for two more years. You know, there's a lot of people that want that and he's liked around the league. Um, And, and he plays hard. Yeah. He plays hard. And 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 it's, he's a bench guy. He's a bench guy for a really good team. There's nothing wrong with that for a guy that they found overseas, you know, but the question is if you package Tate and whatever, you know, look, KPJ is part of that because whether you get scoot or whether you get Wembenyama and Harden, like KPJ, I just, I don't think he's, he has the mentality to be like, I've been starting for two and a half years. I'm suddenly going to be a you know, 15 minute a game player off the bench. You know? Well, I, I don't know, man. You know, I think, I think the type of deal that they should look at, you know, what do you get for, let's say the Rockets end up with their secondary pick at 17. What do you get for Jay Sean Tate in 17? You know? To a, to a playoff fringe type of team, you know, who could use a Jay Sean Tate in today's, you know, in the, in the league today. That's, that's the type of deal that I would look at for Jay Sean Tate. With KPJ, look, man, I got to be honest. I, if you get Scoot Henderson, he's going to the bench, which is where I feel like where he belongs. He's your sixth guy. I would love him off the bench. KPJ is a sixth man off the bench. Are you kidding me? Fire. I mean, straight fire off the bench. You know, and the, him and Ty Ty. Yeah, I mean, those, it, those are your two guards off the bench. But if, if you get, if, if you're getting, if you're getting, yeah, I, I, if you get Scoot, you're not necessarily a play-in team. You know, maybe you win like 35, 38 games possibly. If you, if you get one big drama and you're getting Harden, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're expecting to be a, you know, top four seed, I think. Yeah. Well, and your roster, dude. I mean, the craziest part about that, Adam, what you just described, to be able to pick up those two kinds of guys, yes, you need luck. Yes, you got to convince Harden to come back. But where there's smoke, there's fire. I think Harden wants to come back at this point. You know, imagine this roster picking up James Harden and Victor Benyama for nothing. I mean, outside of money, obviously, and you got to win the number one pick. But imagine to this roster next year, all of a sudden your roster, if that were to happen, you'd have Jabari, KJ, Shingoon, KPJ, Green, Tari Eason, Jay Sean Tate, Josh Christopher, Harden, and Wen Benyama. That's your 10 guys. Got a lot of flexibility there. 
with trades and picks and, you know, what do you need there? I think you need an upgrade at the forward spot. I think you got some dudes. Don't get me wrong. I think Tari, I think is phenomenal. I think, I think Jabari is a really good piece to have. Love KJ, but you need a Mikhail Bridges, a Cam Johnson, a one of those types of dudes. And then I think you're talking. Look, can we talk about Harden real sure. fast? So, like, so Harden, right? When and when he was elite, and obviously he's taken maybe you know a half step. You know, he was a full step back last year, and it's you know he's kind of you know progressed back to kind of showing you know glimpses of his. Have you seen his number? Have you seen his numbers? Yeah, no, it, it like they it's just, it's a travesty he didn't make the All Star team. If you average twenty two and twelve, I mean, just the hatred for Harden is just crazy, you know. Six six rebounds too. Yeah, so he's yeah. averaging twenty two points, eleven assists, six rebounds a game, and north of a steal a game too. In eight nine years with the Rockets, <sighs> like the player, the players that he really elevated, you know, he elevated he elevated athletic bigs that were lob threats that, you know, could play in pick and roll basketball, you know, like I think maybe, you know, maybe, maybe KJ Martin can do a little bit of that. I, the the thing, so I'm trying to really ascertain like, should, you know, if Shingun is playing with, with Harden, is he making Shingun that much better or is Shingun already at his peak? Cause you know, Shingun's not going to be catching lobs. He's, not necessarily, you know, like, you know, in, in the pick in the pick and roll game, he can, you know, Harden can drop off a pass, but Shingun's not great at finishing at the basket, you know, like through through uh you know through opponents. Um you know, and, and and you know he, he accentuates stand you know standstill shooters. And you know, I, I can see KPJ you know off the bench, you know, like KPJ his his skill to me is being a you know, is a being a knockdown shooter, you know, off the ball. And he just they don't play him off the ball. But that's what he's been most effective at, at least last year, um, when we saw him. Well, and I think you need I think you need Harden's input on the roster building because if you were to bring him back, which Adam, I gotta be honest with you, gun to my head, do I think he's a rocket next year? No, I don't. I don't think he's leaving Philadelphia. Because I think Philadelphia would be stupid to let him go unless they win the title. If Philadelphia wins the title this year, James Harden is a rocket next year because that's all he wants to do. James and, Harden and, is a rocket within the next three years. He, if you know, Philadelphia likely will sign him to a max, a five-year max. But as, as we know, like I don't think it's five you know, years. I don't think it's five. If he's not getting five years for them, I think he's going to get three or four years. I don't think Daryl's letting him go. I, I, I just don't. I mean, after he did what he did to get him, why would they let him walk? Feasibly, why would – okay, that's the biggest question that, I, that I'm asking people that say he's a rocket, he's a rocket, he's a rocket. Well, if you're Philadelphia, how do you replace him at this point? Who are you going to go get? Do you hope that Tyrese Maxey becomes that guy? They're totally – well, they're totally – He's not. That's what, you see not my point, though? Like, from, from the Philadelphia standpoint, but, if they but, win the title, all bets are off. You know, but right now, Tyrese Maxey's averaging 20 points a game. You know, all three of them are cooking together. But he's averaging a third of the assist that Harden is. You think all of a sudden he's going to become their de facto point guard? No. Like, 
Harden, Harden is clearly the the second best player on that team. Absolutely, it's not even close. They after last year, I think there's a lot of thought that Maxi might supersede Harden and be that second, you know, that that yeah. second option. But to your point, Philadelphia Philadelphia has no other option but to pay him. And if, if they don't give him a five year deal, it's a slap in the face to Harden because he took less money, you know. And restructured and 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 took less money so they could get PJ Tucker and Daniel House, which is a waste of money, you know. But that was just kind of a you know a, a basically a payback for what happened in the in the bubble. Yeah, right. But you know, if if he's why would he take four years from Philadelphia when he could just take four years from Houston? You know. Wow. I mean, okay. Yeah, you know the answer to that question. I mean, the answer, the answer to that question is competing for a title because that's what he wants. Whether he admits it or not, he, what James Harden doesn't get enough credit for is the fact that this year he left money on the table with Philadelphia so they could go sign the likes of P.J. Tucker. So for he's not he's – not, This is what? the year, though. This is the prove-it year, though. If, if they don't get to the conference finals, the Eastern Conference finals, they don't have – I think he and the organization will know they don't have a chance to win a championship. If they, if they get knocked out in the second round, like – you're, you're, you know, they're basically going to be like a, a, a year older, P.J. Tucker, and no real kind of roster, roster flexibility. Like this is a championship team competing against Boston and Milwaukee. Hell no. Like they have to get to the Eastern conference finals and take them to take the, the, their opponents to six or seven games, or they got to get to the finals. If that doesn't happen, you know, like their championship window is effectively closed unless somebody bails them out and, and like gives them talent back for Tobias Harris. Well, I think, I think what it, I don't think it's title or bust this year for them necessarily. But it's close. I mean, when you have when you have Joel Embiid playing the way he's playing right now, thirty three points a game for him, nearly eleven rebounds. I mean, the dude is a monster. But the East is is loaded, you know. But they were my pick to come out of the East at the beginning of the year. What I'll tell you, I'll tell you what they didn't do. My opinion, they didn't do enough at the at the trade deadline to get better. No way. They they don't want to go to the luxury tax, you know. Which is well, funny. I don't I don't know about that. I think maybe just the the right move for them wasn't there, um, you know. But look, right now you got five dudes for them that's that average in double figures. They have everything you could want to make a title run. Are they going to make a title run? My opinion, still yes. I think it's them. I think it's Milwaukee, and I think it's Boston are the three best teams in the East. The one thing that that Philadelphia has the other two don't is Joel Embiid. So if they can slow the game down and Harden can take his game to another level in the postseason, you know, Jim say no James Harden. I, I, I totally disagree with that. You know, that, this team needs him. This, I, I'll go beyond that, man. This organization needs James Harden back, you know? So any final thoughts before we wrap the show up, my friend? Yeah, I, I think it's all about matchups with Philadelphia. If they, if they have to play Boston, no chance they win. If they play Milwaukee, I give them, I give them, I give them a forty-five, fifty percent chance to beat. Why do you not? Why do you not give them any sort of shot against Boston? Because Philadelphia is a very slow, older team. They don't get back and transition. You know, they they're just they're just not they they rely so heavily on Embiid to carry the defensive load, and I mean their best. They're really forced to play Harden and Maxi, two subpar, you know, defensive players on, 
you know, together. And they just, they, they don't, they just shown that they haven't been able to compete with the athleticism of teams and especially of, of Boston with Milwaukee, you know, you, I think we saw, you know, the other night, the other day that, you know, Embiid is able to manage, you know, Giannis. Now he just has to, he has to stay out of foul trouble, which is a whole nother concern, but they, they can compete with, with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's not scoring, you know, 120 a game. You know, they're not making 23 pointers a game. So. Well, and and Jim says just real quick on Harden, he's not a leader. That's why you get a great coach. That's why we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about that on this show. Adam, but the, the necessity for a great coach will solve those problems. Well, if Harden's coming back, and I agree with you, he'll be a part of a lot of the decision making. If he comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, D'Antoni's back with him. Nah, I don't think it's D'Antoni. I think the guy to watch, if they were, if they were, well, well, if they were to lure Harden back, the one guy I keep an eye on. Come on, you know this. Who's one of the lead assistants in Philadelphia right now? Sam Cassell. 100%. He's getting a first-hand look at him. You know, Cassell's not my first choice. I've said it six times before. I'll say it for a seventh time. In order, if I had to choose the next head coach for the Rockets, Kelvin Sampson, Mark Jackson, Sam Cassell. That's my list. You know, like, I, don't, I, don't think Kel, I don't think Kelvin's going to take the job. I think he's not leaving the University of Houston. I think the only way it happens is if they win the title this year. I could see Kelvin leaving next year and handing the reins over to his son. Would you like Kelvin Sampson as the next head coach? Yeah, I mean, I he it. was the best part of that Ugh. Kevin McHale, those Kevin McHale years. We, we, you know, he, 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 I think looking back on it, he really kept that coaching staff afloat. He did a lot of work, yeah, a lot of heavy lifts. For sure. And, and Harden was really close with Kelvin Sampson. You know, even after Kelvin Sampson left and went to coach University of Houston, you know, you'd always see Harden show up at the U of H games. You know? Eric Gordon, too. You know, now they go, I mean, Gordon's no longer here. So Sampson is revered in this city and at the University of Houston as well. You know, I love him. Mark Jackson is the perfect type of guy, but you're going to have to convince him to leave the booth with our cheap-ass owner. Adam, it's always, always fun with you, my man. Thanks, brother. Um, on a personal note, before we wrap the show up, um, I do want to let all of our listeners know, uh, just on a personal note, that uh, this is going to be my final season uh, with the Dream Shake, the Dream Take. Um, so we're going to finish out the year, uh, the last 18 games. Uh, but this is going to be uh, my final season uh, doing Dream Shake, uh, or doing the dream take for the dream shake. It's been a hell of a run. Um, doing shows with, with Jeremy has been a lot of fun. Um, one of the, you know, the prouder, uh, accomplishments of my life was becoming a paid podcaster with, uh, the dream shake, um, to Darren Yuvon for giving me, you know, the opportunity, the ability to, uh, you know, do interviews like with Bobon and Tobias Harris, um, has just been a lot of fun and, and doing shows with Craig Ackerman and uh, over the years, um, Kaylee Griffin. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun and being able to do shows like this with people like Jim and Adam and, you know, Mike and James and Ryan and all these different guys um, that we've been able to have conversations with has 
just been a lot of fun. You know, as a fan, um, you know, it hasn't been the easiest last couple of years with the Rockets, but being able to do, you know, over 415 shows now with, with Jeremy, it's just been, you know, a lot of fun and um, love him, love the dream shake. Uh, but it's just time to take some time uh, to, uh, you know, take, take on some new projects and uh, just felt like it was the right time to make that announcement uh, now. Uh, but we uh, got, got some more work to do. We got 17 games left. So uh, once again, uh, Houston Rockets, great win tonight. Two wins in a row, 142 to 110 over the Spurs tonight. Uh, to improve their record of 15 and 49. Uh, we'll be back with you guys live on Tuesday night as the Rockets take on the Nets. If you're on Twitter, make sure to follow uh, the Dream Take at the Dream Take. Follow the Dream Shake at Dream Shake SBN. Follow my co-pilot, Jeremy Brenner, at Jeremy Brenner. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Brown underscore 2020. If you're on Facebook, search the Dream Shake and give us a like there. Finally, head on over to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets all the time. We'll talk with you on Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, go Rockets. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lifting contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the VergeCast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.